What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. Your number is 1-800-707-9760. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that was discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, um, you can parlay that over today. And anything that we're discussing today on the docket that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter, don't forget you do that at Sports Grind. And, um, if you want to stream the show live, you can uh, and leave comments and I'll respond to those in real time. If not, I'll respond to them later. But you can log on to the Facebook business page of Sports Grind Entertainment or you can go to my personal Facebook page and you can leave comments there. And if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to SportsGrindOnline.com where you can download the podcast there seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right, Bartlett. What's up, guys? Nothing much, man. It's Tuesday. Rolling along early in the week still. Got definitely some things to get to today in our time that we have to talk. Uh, first off, uh, we'll definitely put a bow on week seven. Um, what took place last night at Foxborough, we'll start there here in a few. But we've got some other things going on. Uh, first of all, the um, one of the news today, um, you know, the Brittany Griner situation, we haven't really talked about it too much here except for when it was everything was developing early on but just an update on that situation i guess she was denied um bail and denied really overturning her case in like an appeals court type of thing they got over there so that was denied um go ahead you guys and, and you know to me i just you know you know i knew this wasn't going to be any quick resolution to this and you know you have to just wonder you know, you just have to wonder if automatically, because I know that that's the reason why she's even still over there, because she's part of a political struggle here. And it was just bad timing that she made this mistake, as she says. But you have to wonder if you're looking at maybe the earliest of till 2024, you know, when we get in election time and then somebody wants to come in, whether it's from the right or new regime and say, hey, we're the ones that got her out. We're going to go, you know, and that and it sucks for her family and her. But that's the first thing that came to my mind. Like, you know, are we even close to even resolving this situation, period? But that's the update on Brittany. Also, you know, you have the NBA that continues to roll on. Uh, your San Antonio Spurs moved to three and one on the season. Um, yeah, you know, Pop last night said, which we'll, we'll get to that shortly. Jones has some audio. We'll get to it here. I'm just setting it up for you. But, you know, he said some interesting things in this in this is um, post game comments that I thought that was interesting. And plus, he kind of semi addressed this whole tanking narrative, not really directly, but indirectly. If you're paying attention, it's kind of really what he was talking about, because, again, they hear all the chatter. Uh, but this goes back to what we're talking about, the NBA totals. And we talked about, I think there was a total of six teams that were uh, projected to have you know, like 26, 27 wins or less, 
you know, down in the 25 range and stuff. And I told you, I said, you know, two out of those teams might not really be that bad based off the fact in 82, it depends on when you catch other teams on whether they're, you know, low management, taking off, taking you lightly. Um, so right now, you know, you look two out of the three wins they've got, they get their best playoff teams. I mean, Philly from last year and the T-Wolves last night. And, again, it's one of those things that, you know, because here comes Spur fans, certain part, because he's going to go through this thing like, hey, man, uh, what are y'all talking about the tanking thing? Hey, let's go. Go Spurs, go. And I know where I stand on this. I told you it's like, hey, I just feel it's one of those that I'm I'm kind of fatigued on the whole let's compete for the play-in situation. You know, um, there's definitely – I mean, they're young. We've talked about it. The one thing I will give them credit for – uh, there's two things. For one, it shouldn't be that shock or a surprise because, for one, it's early. You know, I just feel that, and it's kind of going that way. You know, they got outscored pretty bad in the fourth, and this goes back to where I think talent-wise they can get up on some good teams and get up, but it's the thing is some of these games, can they hang on and close out? Last night they were able to. But these guys are young, but they're also human. And because they're a young generation, these guys, majority of them, live on social media. So you have to think all summer and all for the last few months they've had to sit around and hear about how they're projected to have the least amount of wins in the whole NBA and how that they're, they're, they're trash and we're tanking for Wambamba. So with that, they're professionals too. So that's going to light a little fire in their ass to begin with it. But just from a standpoint, you know, um, and I'll wait till we get to Pop's audio to kind of elaborate on it. But I feel, you know, from a standpoint, the one thing that jumps out to me already is that, again, it started last year, but the effort on defense is, is slowly but surely improving because that has been a Achilles <clears throat> way before they went young like this. It's just been Achilles in this team for the last four years or so. They've just been bad on defense, and that's wasn't the case for 20 years. So so you have that. you got other NBA news. Um, you know, Magic Johnson – got a chance to sit down with Shannon Sharp. And Magic said that, hey, you know what? He believes Kareem's going to have a hard time dealing with LeBron passing him, especially what he's playing for the Lakers and do the fact we talked about a few weeks ago that they don't really have a relationship, which Magic said that he'd be happy to go ahead and um, – you know, bridge that gap between both of them. But he was telling Shannon he'd rather wait till he after he passed him. But he said, hey, Kareem's not have a problem with it. And, you know, that's something that I've always said. Certain guys, it doesn't really mean anything to them, at least what they say. But I've always said majority of the guys, they do have a certain way when their records get passed. And depending on who it's done by, you know, because, you know, you've seen a lot of records fall in the last three or four years, uh, especially in the NFL from the quarterback position, like milestones. And there is some of that per that in each individual athlete. I think a certain part of them like, yeah, dude, if I get the record, I want to kind of have it for a while. I mean, that's a record, too. You know, I don't know if it's up there with DiMaggio's hidden streak, but I will tell you that that's one of the records that really a lot of people in basketball thought we wouldn't see past. Especially after Mike, after Mike retired, we figured, like, who's going to really come around? First of all, be able to play that long, you know, like Kareem did. But I thought that was interesting that Magic Johnson uh, put that out there. Also, college football, you know, there were some games I didn't really get a chance to get to. Um, you know, yesterday, <clears throat> you know, uh, did talk about the Oregon beatdown in UCLA. They're dominating that performance. And that matchup since Chips showed up in UCLA. Um, also... You know, a peek ahead, you know, because I, you know, Penn State bounced back like I thought they would. Now they've got Ohio State coming in this weekend. Uh, I think they're sixteen point underdogs. I think 
Uh, and again, you know, Franklin, he I'm, I'm high on him, but, you know, he just is not fell, you know, farewell against top rank opponents. He gets another opportunity. I think we've got a new AP out today, too. I didn't really pay attention to who moved up, what was going on. I'm interested to see where Tennessee, where they have the AP, because I think we're only like a week or so. I believe I think a week from today, maybe or, or two weeks from today, we'll get the first uh, college playoff, you know, rankings released. They haven't done that yet. So that's going to be interesting uh, considering what's took place the last uh, few weeks. And, you know, I talked a lot about Texas A&M and the disappointment of Jimbo Fisher's comments after the loss to South Carolina. And, you know, and I glanced at the schedule. If I'm not mistaken, they've got Ole Miss this weekend. So it doesn't get any easier. And Ole Miss is coming off of a, a uh, a second half collapse you know the L's could start piling up for Jimbo real quick and then we get into territory and and fan and don't let this happen then we get in territory then you'll be kissing cousins with your partners down in Austin and what took place with them last year when you don't even become bowl eligible don't let that happen on Jimbo's watch. I don't give a damn injuries what recruiting class NIL money didn't come in don't let Jimbo. Uh, damn near the hundred million dollar man. Don't let him not become bowl eligible. But they're they're in the neighborhood, and and Ole Miss that ain't just gonna be an easy one for them to go get. I ain't even looked to see what that line is, who's favored, who's underdog in that. But I'll tell you right now, they gonna give a And M hell, especially coming off a loss. Speaking of Texas, Sark made the news. I mean, we I knew about this of yesterday, but we didn't have time to get into it, and I didn't bring it up. But today it came across my radar. He apologized. Uh, if you don't know, I guess after the loss in Stillwater to Oklahoma State this past weekend, um, the team, Shark was kind of upset, frustrated. You know, they exit the field. It didn't seem the eyes upon us of Texas, the, thing, the song. So he had to apologize for it. And I, you know, I know I'm in Austin now. Um, got good reception, uh, good, you know, feedback from there. The uh, Thanks for the love in Austin. But. Just explain to me. I mean, I understand traditions are traditions, but this has been a very controversial song for the last few years. Now, I don't I mean, I'm not telling you that, you know, because I haven't dissected to say, oh, those lyrics. I know the sense of this. I've kind of like I've told you, if there's anything that I love is history. And I know the history of this to a certain extent. But, you know, you go. A lot of people believe. And I've talked to a few people, but a lot of people believe that this is really one of the reasons why Tom Herman didn't get to get one more year with this team. Or I should say this university. Because at that time in 2020, we all know what was going on. And then, you know, there was a certain section of players, African-American players that felt that, you know, this song was offensive and they were on the team. And, the, and Tom was like, hey, you don't have to come out for it if you don't want to. And there's a lot of people that basically that are connected to that program that understand that there was a lot of boosters, a lot of old money, good old boys, Boss Hall, Dukes of Hazards. It was a lot that was like, yo, man, uh, we donate a lot of money. And Tom Herman's got to understand he's one of us. Now, Sark, I can understand he's an outsider. Tom Herman was UT like orange blood was running through him. OK, he knew about the tradition. He knew about. So that rubbed a lot of don't like, hey, now, of course, losing the OU, not getting the play this and that. And they went through the Charlie Strong. But 
I thought it was very kind of odd and kind of surprising because I felt that he was going to get for sure at least one more year. And let me tell you something, Sark, Sark, again, I'll say this again. He did not have the resume. In my opinion, for this job to sit there and say, you know what? We can't afford another year with time or we got to go get this guy Sark. It wasn't even nothing like that. Like I said, man, Austin has been excited in their pants for the last, like, I don't know how long, thinking that someday they could flirt to get St. Nick to leave Tuscaloosa. And they came very close one time. I forgot what year that was. But they came very close. And I just think they've had this whole thing since they've gone through these cuts. Like, well, if we can't get him, we got to get somebody that's fallen from that tree over there. And then having to be Sark. But my question is, is really, what is what is the real, why is this such a hot button topic about this song? A song after football game on a tree. I don't know what else I can compare it to, but I'm thinking like, would it be this much spaz out on anything else or any other program I can think of if something went wrong or they didn't do this or they forgot to go do this? You know, I mean, like, is it say, for example, if the Notre Dame, the fighting Irish, just for some reason, they decided that when they run out of the tell of the locker room, they're not tapping up, play like a champion today. Would the donor Notre Dame alumni and all that, would they be that outraged? Like, whoa, that's disrespect. This Eyes of Texas song is like treated like the University of Texas treats this song like it's basically him out of gospel or a Bible. Or like, like, like this is, I mean, I mean, that's why I just feel like you had to apologize for that. Like, it's obvious, man, they lost their big 12 title hopes are pretty much dashed. They got frustrated. He's, I mean, he's an outsider. Like, you know what you got when you got, got him. But this song to me has just, it's just caused too much controversy, ruckus for them. And that's the reason why people that are not involved in this program or don't have rooting ties or didn't have kids or children that went to this university, this is the kind of stuff that makes other people like, yo, man, like it's, it's the, the, the whole program. Yes, it's Texas, it's this, but it's like, uh, like, why is it a big deal? Like, look, look at where the program's at. Look at where it's been. Look where it's trying to get out. But all of a sudden, it's just all about this song. Help me understand this. Because it's nothing to do with the controversy. It, it, this, this, it's, the, it's a school alma mater. Every university, going back to high school, right? win or lose. You go down, you face the band, you face the fans, and you're seeing the alma mater. It's unity. It's school pride. Those boosters, they tout their education from that university. That's it. In, a, in addition to supporting the football team, it's about the network, the connections, and everything else that it stands for. If you start taking the alma mater out of college football, even at the University of Texas, that's just another step towards this direction of why, why are they they're even student athletes, and the, why is it even the NCAA at this point? Well, first of all, I that, would that, just that, tell that, you. That, that you, have, you have to sing your look, school alma look, mater. That's what I, it's about. I, I understand it's about tradition in, 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 in this country about universities and school alma maters, okay? I know also it's the same thing. They're all, they're all, my, all universities in this country might as well be Fortune 500 companies. It's a business, man. But we holier than thou, but basically we make it so damn expensive to try to get an education because it's business. $1,000 for a parking pass. Don't get me started because I'm long gone. Okay? <clears throat> Might go back to night school one time, but I don't doubt it. But it's different with Texas. Texas spazzes out over this. I, I understand there's traditions. you change. Texas spazzes out about this song. 
There's no one else that freaks out like they do when it comes to something. Some I don't care if it's I'm not even just talking about a school song. I'm talking about any tradition that is broken. They freak out. Any tradition, they freak out. No one else freaks out like Texas over this eyes of Texas upon a song. And I knew when they had a selection of players that were offended by this song, I knew damn well that they weren't they were preaching to the choir. Nothing was gonna happen. I knew that was going to happen. A lot of people believe that's really what caused Tom Herman his last year, another year, I should say, with Texas. And also he had some very blaring comments in an interview last year, that year when it was, you know, tension, race tension was there. Very uncomfortable topic to have for people. I remember the article he did. Like, you know, it pains me because we got 100,000 to show up to Daryl Stadium and cheer these guys on. But a good chunk of them want to let them jade the daughter. Yeah, that didn't that didn't sit too well with the red McCombs of the world. Just keeping it real. But relax, man. That's like, that's like hey, man, you know what? We just forgot to go toilet paper tombs corner night. I mean, on a, I mean, is it going to disrespect everybody? I understand. Again, I'm not. I agree with Jonas about the school tradition, but come on, man. Texas, they 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 act a little different when it comes to this, and it's kind of nerve wracking to me. Just my opinion. We'll get to the rest of the docket when we get back, and we'll talk about Monday night, man. The Bears have an offensive explosion in Foxborough last night. We'll talk about that. You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dosekis. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. 
Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett's been the one and twos. 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right. If you're are you looking to stop, stop, chop up on your cocktail game and get insider info or just check on seasonal releases or you just want to order same day online delivery just go to specsonline.com because the fun starts here that is specs official sponsor of the sports grind and official partner of your dallas cowboys which now all of a sudden the chicago and dallas game is looked at a little bit differently as last night there was an offensive explosion in Foxborough as the Bears defeat the Patriots. What did they do? Put up, what was it, 30, 38 on them? When did they get them last night? I thought they put it, if I remember, I think it was like 38 points, right? Uh, that score um, was 33 to 14. 33-14, close. Um, yeah, man, um, really the story of this one, I'll wait till I get to Justin Fields in Chicago. But the story really this one was Zappy. And um, look, after his second start, I knew and I felt I was like, look, we all talked about how horrible this offense was supposed to be going into the season. Okay. We thought that the Patriots offense was going to look like what the Denver's offense has looked like through six weeks of football. That's what we thought with not knowing who the offensive coordinator was going to be, who all this. As soon as Zappy after his second start, I knew that offense looked a little bit different with him in there. Now you get to last night, Mac Jones has been cleared to play, dealing with really an ankle sprain, really a high ankle sprain, He's missed a few weeks, and he starts on a Monday night. Now to me – the reaction of the crowd let me know that it must be a frenzy up there all week for the last couple of weeks on the Wii up there in Boston because the crowd was just ready to like Mac Jones would have had to come out like back to back scoring drives for him to settle that crowd last night from wanting to be zappy. And sure enough, Mac Jones throws an interception off of his back foot. Here comes zappy. The crowd goes crazy. Now zappy responds. And what you normally want when you put the backup in, if you're benching the starter for bad play, you want a spark. And he gave him that, but it didn't last long. Now, to me, the explanation that Bill Belichick had after the game, I don't know if I totally believe it. And the only reason why I'm not coming in with guns a-blazing and saying that's bullcrap, because I know during the telecast that I know Troy Aikman you know, and it was probably like third quarter, maybe second quarter. He did go ahead and make reference to, hey, you know what? Bill had mentioned in our meetings there was a chance that he wanted to use both of these guys tonight. That was paraphrasing kind of what Troy said. Because the narrative at the game was that this wasn't really pulled for performance. It was more like I had plans to go ahead and play both guys tonight. But you pulled him right after it was a horrible interception. 
And there's one thing about Bill Belichick, if you followed him uh, for a long time or paid attention to his teams, the one thing he cannot stand is a quarterback that's going to make bad throws and turnovers consistently. And that's just gonna that's just something he can't tolerate. And to me, I felt they should have started. I think if they would have started Zappy, that would have been a total different game. Now maybe Chicago was just gonna be on and Chicago was going to win that game anyway. I mean, they were a nine and a half point underdog. Um but I felt that it would have been a more competitive game if Zappy, especially the way he looked when he came in, if he was prepared to go ahead and play. Cause it almost if it wasn't for Troy saying that. I would have almost thought that, you know what, that's what they told him to say, that, oh, we made plans to go ahead and use both of y'all. Do you have the audio with Bill? Let's hear exactly what how he responded to this question. It was one of the reasons why he came out of the game, but he made mention of the fact that he felt pretty good last night when we spoke to him. Right, yeah, but that was that wasn't 70 plays. But Bill, I know you just told Bill that it was a hypothetical question if Mac was healthy enough to play the rest of the game last night, but you also said to us last night that Mac was not returned to play because the score got out of hand. So it seems that, to your knowledge, in the second half of that game and afterward, he was healthy, correct? Yeah, I, I didn't want to put him in that situation, and so that was my decision. You know, actually, that's the first time that I heard that because that sounds like a video conference from today. I thought it was actually the going to oh, be yeah, the post game. Okay, yeah, so yeah, that's so. for I, I heard that in real time right there. The first thing, pops, can you imagine when I listen to that? Can you imagine a Don Harris sitting there impressing pop like that? That's just that just gives you a taste of what kind of reporters, man, that you got to deal. Even last night, if you look at the press, that just shows you the type of media you got to be. That's a man with six rings, man. Really, like eight. Count as coordinator. That's a man that's built a dynasty. And look how they look how they press him, knowing that he's dry, knowing that he's not going to give them anything. It's all calculated and it's all repetitive. But look how they look how they look how they attack him. We make you a cakewalk down here, man. Really do. But I just, it's just, that's the first thing when I hear it. Like, damn, man, they really press because it don't make sense. That's what I said. If Troy Aikman would have not made that comment, and remember, like, people got to understand, like, Troy and Joe Buck, well, any team really, Chris Collinsworth, Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth when he was with, um, you know, Al Michaels, Troy and Joe Buck, they have not only production meetings, but they have meetings with the coaching staff. Before their broadcast through the week, they show up in town games on Sunday. They're showing up in town on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And in that town and they have the no later than probably a Thursday, but they have these meetings and they meet with the coaches and they talk about, hey, what do you what do you see on film about this team? How do you think that, that they have these conversations? So for Troy to be saying that. That is something that either one was planted all the way, Troy. You know, if this goes in, you just make sure you know, you tell them, put them out there if that's the case. Hey, I, you know, I'm going grassy knoll, but I'm just telling you that if Troy doesn't say that, I'm calling that hogwash. And even in that, what I just listened to right there, it don't sound convincing, man. He was pulled for really bad play. And, 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 you know, he's trying to downplay this. It's a, and now the way it ended, now the fact that you had Matt Jones get pulled. 
And he's the perfect guy to handle this. I mean, this is a guy who sat behind Jalen Hurts. He sat behind Tua. He had to, he set his turn. And then he went and got Alabama. Then he won a national championship. So this is a guy. He was drafted there for a reason. You could jerk with his chain and he's going to sit there. Hey, I got to do better. Now, that's an, like, you know, and I'm glad Troy pointed it out. And even Rock, like, look, that, that's an embarrassing moment. Even for a guy like a professional, like if the quarterback, you get pulled on primetime, Monday night football, Thursday, no matter how you spend it, they feel a certain way, but Mac Jones can handle it. But I will tell you, and I said it before, Mac was not a pick that pretty much is like, damn, man, they can't pull the plug on him this quick. That's my opinion. I don't think so. I mean, he had some questions and people thought he had ceilings. But however, Bill tried to downplay it, but due to the fact you pull Mac Jones, and then you put Zappy in. He put a spark, but then he threw an interception, couple turnovers, a fumble loss. Now you have a quarterback controversy. It was a quarterback controversy once Zappy won his second game in a row. I knew it was going to be because because I can just tell like and 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 also on the winning side in Chicago with Justin Fields, just give him an O line and some weapons. Justin can play in the NFL. He's smart. He can play in the NFL, and he takes some serious hits, man. Uh, they've got to get him a line. He's going to end up like Andrew Luck. They've got to protect him. But the props don't get Chicago. This is what make this is the last night is the prime example why culture really matters at this level in the National Football League. You can be a semi coach or a bad coach in college, and for whatever reason, you just had a hell of a recruiting class. You had some good boosters that year that really hooked y'all up. But if you, but at this level in the NFL, you've got to coach. It matters. Chicago has been looking awful on offense for like two weeks, three weeks in a row. They go on the road in prime time against Bill Belichick's defense. And I understand Bill's defense has been uh, kind of up and down over the last few years. It's been suspect some years, depending on his personnel, but that's still Bill Belichick. And you have an offensive explosion where if you looked at Chicago and you looked at all them, their games, you could see that Chicago last night, that was a different type of offense. Like there was some compromise in there. That's what makes people like Nathaniel Hackett look so bad right now. They've got the same challenges. They've got this. They've got offensive line issues, whatever. Case. But that last night, that was part of coaching. That was also them saying, hey, you ain't going to pass George Hallis on our watch. That's Papa Bear Hallis. You know, if Bill would have won, he would have passed George Hallis on wins. They pulled up Miami Dolphins, 85, like, hey, you ain't going perfect on our watch. You're not breaking the 72 Dolphin streak on our watch. Dan Marino, Clayton, Duper, bang, bang. Rip Buddy, 46, Ryan, defense up. They said, nah, you ain't, you ain't passing Papa Bear Hallis on our watch. That's coaching, man. I'm not a big fan of Eberflus. Eberflus, I've heard it pronounced three, four different times, like, different ways. But that what they displayed last night, that was a difference. Those were adjustments. That's what makes guys like Nathaniel Hackett look bad. That's what makes guys like Staley and the Chargers look bad. When stuff is just so simple, but some of these guys want to get so analytical and live and die back. Chart says it's this. This would have said, no, man. Chart can't measure momentum. It can't measure what's in your heart. You know, but impressive with Chicago. But that makes that Dallas Cowboy game. If Chicago's found something on offense, how to use Justin Fields, there's some, you know, hey, we're not going to make him fit this. Or we're going to tailor this until we can get the line better next year. We do this. If they really find this, they've got the defense. You saw the defense play inspired. That changes the game a little bit with Chicago and Dallas. Now, I still feel Dallas should be the favorite. They will be the favorite. I haven't seen the line.
But keep in mind, Dallas has questions on offense. I don't care who's quarterback. They just don't have enough weapons. I mean, I understand CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he looks like he's going to be the truth. He's still got a little problem with drops, but CD looks like in the, outside of that, they, you know, look, they, they're, they're struggling offensively. This is really about defense. And that's the reason why I don't look, you cannot, you've got to have an offense that's going to score at some point if you're going to host Lombardi. I know it's like a broken record, but I keep telling you, no one's pulling an 01 Ravens, 85 Bears, 16 Broncos. No one's doing it. Not the 49ers, not Dallas. Nobody's doing it because the, the rules in there is you've got to have an offense score, and this Dallas offense is going to come a concern here pretty soon, I believe. They've got to pick it up. That's why they really couldn't compete on the field with Philly. That game wasn't as close as the score indicated, man. Philly dominated them, in my opinion. That game, and let me tell you something, if, the, if Philly's left tackle doesn't get hurt, one of their key guys, they were going to hang 40 on Dallas that night. That that game did not slow down until they lost one of the best important positions on an offensive line. They got to get this offense going. But Chicago, that was good coaching last night. That was good coaching. New England has a quarterback controversy, Jonas. Period. Uh, and I love Mac Jones because Mr. Roll Tide. But again, there's certain quarterbacks. I can tell you right now, Zappy, the road of his. You know, life, his, his young life has taken him to get to the NFL. Zappi has done a lot with a lot less at the quarterback position than Mac Jones did it that year that he won a national championship. Not meaning Mac is not bad, but there's certain quarterbacks that need that line, that need them, them receivers that can do 4'6", four, 4'7", four, that got hands like glue. And then they can process information. They can get it out. I do believe that's Mac Jones. There was talks of him having a ceiling. Tua's ceiling is way higher than Matt Jones. And I believe he's better, too. That's why he sat behind him. Zappy is just a quarterback that he can, he can, he's used to working with stuff that's not, he's used to a Western Cup. What kind of line does Western Kentucky have? When do they put guys in the O line into the league? He hasn't played through a lot of gang of yards, and his offensive line wouldn't probably, they probably didn't have one guy drafted in that line. I don't know that, but I would bet you a dollar to a donut. Zappy can basically, there's quarterbacks that can do more with less. There's quarterbacks that do more, but they need a lot more support, and I think that's what my guy Mac Jones is in. But that raises the question of when you talk about there's quarterback ceilings, who has which of the two quarterbacks has the higher ceiling? Does Bill eat some cheese this year? And if Mac Jones has that higher ceiling, because Bailey might be able to come out there and do more with more with less now, but when you get the right pieces in there, the way that you can, the way that you can work within an offense, and Bill, Bill too doesn't have an offensive coordinator. He, as far as we know, he's handling that job. So, well, what, so, so if you bring in somebody next year, can can that person work with Bailey and, and Zappy in terms of uh, in terms of orchestrating an offense, or does he, or is he a gunslinger that can just come out and get it done? without having an offensive game plan? Well, first of all, um, to try to answer a couple of your questions, um, first of all, Patricia's calling the plays. They just, he just hadn't put a title on it. I mean, I think they're collectively putting game plans together. And, and even, you know, I heard Damian Woody talk about this. He spent some years there. I heard him on the on the mothership, four-letter network, talking, saying, hey, you know, even before the season, like, look, Bill would game plan with defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. He made you kind of mesh together. And he just didn't put a title. That's number one. Look, you do not get drafted – at that position by Bill Belichick. Now, he's missed on quite a few 
people. I mean, in the draft. He's not been lights out in draft. He just hasn't. He's built his teams to really free agency misfits that people didn't want that he can find a way to make fit. But I will tell you, that position, the quarterback, he is not drafting anybody that's not smart at that position. And let me tell you, I believe you. I, yes, I would say Zappy probably, from what I can see just raw, Zappy probably has more upside than Mac Jones because, for one, he's mobile. He can move. And he can throw on the run. It looks like he can throw on the run a little bit better than Mac Jones can. I just feel that it comes down to really Bill. All they care about is winning. Bill's not trying to get in no top five, top three. Bill has built this. He just cares about winning. And so it just comes down to I just the, the what kind of blew me away was just how short leech Mac Jones had with the crowd. You know, that just lets me know that it's been it's been festing up there on talk radio and, and TV and stuff up there in that region. about hey, man, this we want Zappy. Hell, they had Zappy T-shirts, me. You know, like Troy Aikman said, first half, he thought they won't be able to print enough of them. But by the third or fourth quarter, Troy said, I don't know if I had to worry about that problem. He kind of came down to earth. They got a quarterback contract. And you know what? This the way they lost last night, that makes that Jets game real juicy this weekend. That's a juicy AFC East matchup. They're the only team in that. Can you believe that? I mean, this is the reason why people think the world's coming to end. You got a lot of crazy stuff going on. The Patriots are the only team in that division under 500. Not the Jets, the Patriots. They gonna know that when the Jets come into town. And all right, they go to New York. I don't know, but that game is on this weekend. You got the Jets that's riding a four-game, three-game winning streak. You know what I'm saying? You got Miami with Tua back, and we know what Buffalo is. The Patriots have been playing pretty good ball up until last night. I don't know what happened last night. That was a, No one saw that coming. The desert didn't even come that something. I mean, I, hell, I would have bet you. I think, I think the Patriots, like, plus, minus five, something on the money line. I mean, that was a big dog that hit last night with the Bears, but that was an offensive explosion. That's coaching. That's adjusting. That's coming up with a game plan of what you're working with. Hackett, Staley, you know, that's just where we're at. 1-800-707-9760. Keeping it moving, other NFL news. You know, the story yesterday kind of broke while we were on air, but, you know, uh, Frank Wright making the decision to go with UT on Sam Ellinger. Now, I've had time to stew on this, and I've seen some of Frank's comments, you know, in the press conference he had. I mean, this comes, I think, less than 24 hours, and Frank just going and defending Matt Ryan. After get like, hey, he's a warrior. He's going to bounce back, this and this. That's why I had some people speculating this morning, was this really Frank's decision? Is this another one that, because I told you, I stand on it. Frank didn't really want to move on from Carson Wentz. That was Ursay. Is this another situation where Ursay banged on the table? Matt ain't the guy either. But then we dropped that guy from Texas, put him in. But I will tell you, I, I will still, I still want to reiterate why I think this is the best of both worlds for the Colts, you know, going forward. Also, we're about a week from tomorrow, be a week from the trade deadline. You got to look at your team and see exactly, are you a team that basically lacking draft picks? Are you trying to recoup your team that got a contention? You might be on the move as well. That's a week from Tuesday. I still want to talk some NBA when we get back as well. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back.